Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. All right, welcome in to UAP, the Unidentified Alien Podcast. It is Stephen Diener back with you here. For another UAP adventure and so happy to be back with you on this new episode number 73 of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. Thankful to have done this many so far for many reasons I and mean, one of them being that it allows me to revisit some stories that I've covered in previous episodes when new angles or details arise just like this subject we're going to cover today. So we are going to rehash What we covered way back when in episode 61, it seems like years ago now, which was the disappearance of the Malaysian Airlines Flight 370, a.k.a. MH370, which you're going to hear me refer to it as that many times through this episode. Uh, There have been some new, incredible and very public reports coming out of that realm, along with some that have not been that public and that you may not have heard about before. Is it possible that we have finally figured out what happened to MH370? Personally, I was told a couple of things last week by my sources that I have not said a word about because I wanted to wait specifically for this episode. So just to let you know, again, it's worth repeating. I have been updated on some of these things when it comes to MH370, the videos that have come out, some of the talk that's been out over the past week or so, and I was waiting until right now to tell you what I've been told. So we're going to do that in this episode. We're going to discuss everything here together and hopefully find some things out as we piece it all together. But first, you know we got to hit the factoid, so let's get it. Factoid. Yes, that's right. And this one is about King Charles III. Is he pushing for disclosure? Well, that's what some people in the UK are asking for. According to a filmmaker named Mark Christopher Lee, it seems you can add His Majesty to the list of high-profile figures who have taken an interest in this subject, and he is calling upon the king to prepare the United Kingdom for a disclosure event, whatever he means by that, where he says they would be faced with the reality that we are not alone in this vast, vast universe. Now, Lee's angle here is actually focused on the impact of this, of uh, what disclosure could have on religion. He states that as king, Charles is the head of the Church of England, and in that case, he has a duty to prepare his subjects for the possibility of other life and what that might mean for Christianity as a whole. Now, honestly, I could probably talk about that subject alone for the next 45 minutes, but we'll save that for another time for right now. Lee is imploring the king to use his powers to call upon the prime minister to release the truth to the people. Will that happen? My gut tells me no. 
But it is an interesting angle to keep an eye on nonetheless, and I hope it happens. That would be phenomenal if it did. It's just, you know, we've kind of seen how this all goes before. One last point here, to to that point, actually. Lee also did say that the same pressures should be put on U.S. politicians and those around the world because this is an issue that affects us all. And I think that is something we can all agree on in a topic that has become quite divisive over the past uh, few months, I guess you could say. But now it's time to revisit what could have happened to MH370 with a couple of new angles that have emerged as of late. The first one here is something that I am almost positive you are familiar with by now. I'm referring to, of course, the reports surrounding this controversial video. It may be controversial to say the least, honestly. There's been a lot of uh, back and forth about this video that shows three orb-like UAPs circling around an airliner until it finally disappears into some kind of portal. Now, here's a little more background information from a YouTuber who goes by the name of The Relic. And actually, he did a great job kind of uh, putting together a piece about this this uh, phenomenon that's going around. So we're going to play a few clips here today from The Relic where uh, he talked about this stuff on YouTube. Because he talks about how all this came about seemingly out of nowhere. So here's the first clip I want to play for you talking about MH370 and, uh, well, these videos that have surfaced kind of out of nowhere. It all began on August 7th, 2023, when Reddit user Velcro made a post to the RUFO's community. The post contained infrared footage depicting an incredible and chilling event. Recently, I saw this footage circulating online, and I was hoping that someone here might have information about when this was taken and where. User Uvelcaro wrote. So what is this footage, right? Well, in case you aren't familiar with it, the video shows an airliner that looks similar in size and stature to the missing Malaysian Airlines flight. As the plane moves through the sky, it starts to become surrounded by three orb-looking UFOs, UAPs, that begin to circle around it in synchronicity. As that happens, you can see the plane try to maneuver away from the orbs, but it can't escape. Then after a short while, the orbs speed up their motion, that circular motion around the plane, until a bright flash of light occurs and they all disappear in what looks like some type of portal or wormhole or something that opens up in the sky now it is a spooky sight to behold to say the least when you watch the video but also highly fascinating sure because then as the video was found many people started to investigate it to try and figure out what we just saw did we really just see a plane disappear into some type of portal if so was it mh370 or is this whole thing one giant elaborate hoax We're going to focus on that hoax question because there is a lot that goes into that answer. First off, we need to look at how this footage was supposedly captured. So we'll start at the beginning because the first video everyone saw was filmed on a like thermal type of camera that reportedly came from an MQ-1 drone. That is according to the Reddit sleuths who matched up all the details from that video to make that conclusion. But what really got everyone's attention was the discovery of a second angle. This angle supposedly comes from a top-secret U.S. spy satellite. Its name is the NROL-22. Here's what was discovered in that video that's making people think this could actually be the real deal. A pivotal clue lies in the coordinates briefly visible in the satellite video footage. Redditors quickly determined that a U.S. spy satellite named NROL-22 captured the event based on partial name markings. Launched in 2006, NROL-22 was a classified satellite on a unique Molniya orbit. Reddit user, you slash Droogie don't crash here, 
conducted an extensive analysis plotting the location of surveillance satellite NRL-22 relative to the coordinates displayed in the video. They determined that at its point of closest approach, NRL-22 passed within 4,434 kilometers of the coordinates in the southern Indian Ocean. With the satellite reaching a peak altitude of 83 degree, its elevation above the coordinates was approximately 4,401 kilometers. This positions NROL-22 tantalizingly close to the location depicted in the satellite footage during the projected time period of MH370's disappearance. All right, so I know that was a lot of numbers, a lot of coordinates, and it was kind of heady, but the fact remains is that there was a lot there from that footage, from that angle, that people were able to ascertain enough to say, you know what, this looks like because of the coordinates that came up on the bottom of the screen and because of basically the signature of this you know, aircraft that was filming this supposedly, they were able to deduct that it said NROL-22 and the coordinates point to around that area where it would have actually caught this as it happened. That's really what it comes down to. So could this video really be authentic? Well, if you're still having trouble deciding, there's a few more things to consider, like some of these fine details that would be very hard to fake. Listen to this. The original satellite footage exhibits a stereoscopic 3D effect. This indicates the video was captured using two separate camera lenses spaced apart, allowing for parallax and depth perception. User something something be demonstrated that when viewing the video by crossing your eyes, a perceptible 3D depth becomes apparent in elements like the clouds and orb flash. They also provided split-screen footage showing the stereo effect directly. This stereoscopic capability matches known sensors equipped on advanced reconnaissance satellites like the classified NROL-22, suspected of capturing the event. Now, that is interesting to me because you're talking about now corroborating technology in a way, and you would need an extensive amount of knowledge of how a top-secret satellite works to fake a view such as that. But that's not the only detail that would be hard to fake. What if the evidence is all in the clouds. What I mean by that is when you go back to the satellite footage from the NRL-22, it was noticed that as the plane disappears, a strange small hole kind of manifests itself in one of the clouds that was behind the plane and the orbs. So this was caught by people who were analyzing this video and everything like that. If you haven't seen these videos, by the way, um, I will definitely you know repost them. Um, after I put the episode up here and you'll be able to see it. I assume most of you have. If you haven't, you can go to uh, the Twitter account at UA Podcast 850 where I will repost this stuff. But they noticed in this, um, actually what I'll do is I'll probably put up the link to this, uh, the YouTube video that I'm referencing here during the during the show because they did a really good job. Um, but they show this, this hole, like all of a sudden, just up here in this cloud. And, you know, everybody's always looked up and, you know, watched the clouds and things like that. Normally, anything that happens to a cloud is kind of slow developing. You know, a storm builds or, you know, a cloud breaks off and a piece of it floats away. This kind of just you know, suddenly appears, a hole in the cloud. So, and this happened right at the precise moment that the plane vanished. So what could that mean? Are we looking too much into it? Or was the cloud experiencing some type of shockwave effect that would cause a sudden tear like that? And if that isn't strange enough, consider this when it comes to how the light of the flash 
at the moment of the disappearance reflected off the clouds. And listen to how hard this would be to replicate if this was a hoax video. I'm not saying it isn't, but just listen to how hard this would be to actually replicate if somebody was making this on their own. It's fascinating. The flash illumination itself appears reflected on surrounding clouds. This showcases complex physics interactions between the light blast and cloud layers. The appearance of this well-timed hole, along with the visible cloud deformations from the explosion, constitutes an incredibly meticulous level of detail. Incorporating such nuanced atmospheric effects lends further credibility to the footage showcasing advanced visuals beyond casual hoaxing efforts. Now, again, it's not impossible, but very, very difficult to fake all of that detail that we've gone over so far. You would need an extensive, extensive knowledge of many different procedures and physics to do so. You need extensive knowledge of top-secret aircraft and things like that. Again, not impossible, but highly, highly improbable is all I'm trying to say. And also, if this was, you know, some person who's faking these videos, how do they have all this knowledge? Is it somebody who works in, you know, with, with a top secret clearance? We don't know. And actually, now that we know about all of the fine detail and speculation surrounding these videos, purportedly showing the moment of vanishing of MH370, the question does become, where did they all come from? Well, oddly enough, until this past week or two, these videos have gone really unnoticed since 2014. They were uploaded to YouTube on May 19th, 2014 by a user named Regicide Anon. And for whatever reason, they just now started to gain traction nine years later. Now, to add to all the strange, there is very little known about this user who uploaded the videos because all traces of their existence have been seemingly wiped clean from the Internet. Nobody can find whoever this person is or was. But one note that people realized was that despite not uploading the video until May 19th of 2014, they claimed to actually have received it on March 12th of that year, 2014. So why is that date significant? Because if you remember, MH370 disappeared just four days before that on March 8th, 2014. So if this is the real deal, whoever this was got this video four days after the plane's disappearance. Now, I know it's all kind of chilling, but all that said, though, and after all that information, there's still one question we really haven't asked here yet today. And that is, what if this video is real, but it's not MH370? Is that scarier than knowing it is Flight 370? Because then at least we would know what we're looking at. We would know, okay, this video is real. It is, you know, Malaysian Air Flights uh, or Airlines Flight 370. And now we finally know what happened to it. it. It got, you know, sucked into a portal somehow by three orb UFOs. We would know that if we can verify this as real. But here's the thing. That may not be the case. Consider this report from the Washington Post where they came out with this and they said 90 commercial, 9-0, 90 commercial airliners have gone missing in the past 67 years without a piece of wreckage being found. Again, that's according to the Washington Post. I bet you didn't know that. Quite frankly, neither did I because it's shocking. It's staggering. You think to yourself, how could that be true? How could that be the case? Why haven't we heard about this stuff? And I don't have a good answer for that question. But what happens to all these missing planes? Some could be attributed to natural occurrences, of course, I'm sure. You know, you go down in the ocean, whatever reason, you don't hear about it. But that happens to all of them. And again, my question remains, how could we not hear about these things more often? 
If there's 90 commercial airliners that have gone missing in the past 67 years, like the Washington Post reports, why haven't we heard about that stuff? What is happening in our skies that those things weren't reported? And I bring this up because it directly connects to what I mentioned at the start of this episode when it comes to the information that I was told last week concerning this case. And it is quite a twist. According to my source, who has a direct link to this type of information, this video, okay, that we've been talking about, about this plane disappearing, this video is indeed real, according to my source. They have said it is real, which is astonishing to me. But here's the other part that got me. It's not MH370. This is what I've been told. I've been told that, yes, the video is real. It cannot be debunked. Everybody's been trying to do it, and my sources told me that, yeah, that, that video is legit. And I think it's probably because of all the reasons that we went over. That a lot of that stuff would be very hard to fake, especially the NROL satellite. But what about it being real and not MH370? I mean, what? So, <laughs> it's, it's, it's hard to kind of comprehend. What are we to make of that? If this video is real and it's not the, the missing Malaysian Airlines flight, then what plane was it? And what happened to it? How come we never heard about this? Did they come back in an instantaneous moment for us? And then, you know, and for them, really, relative to the time lapse they would experience in some type of portal or wormhole, did they come back at all? Or did they get lumped in with that statistic I mentioned a couple of minutes ago? about the 90 planes that have gone missing over the past 67 years that for whatever reason we just don't hear about. Of course, if that was not MH370 in those videos, then we must continue to ask ourselves, what happened to it? Well, on that note, there is one more theory that could help tie this all together and answer some of these questions. What if the United States military is responsible for the disappearance of the infamous Malaysian airliner? What if it was taken to a remote secretive base known as Diego Garcia. On the remote tropical island of Diego Garcia in the Indian Ocean lies a secretive, strategically vital U.S. military base. Before that, the site had proved its strategic importance for U.S. military operations in the Middle East as a base for Air Force attacks in 1991 during the first Gulf War. All right, so there's a little intro about Diego Garcia. Obviously, its position in the middle of the Indian Ocean holds a huge strategic importance to the U.S., but you may have also heard that this is a very secretive base. It is controlled by the Navy, originally owned by uh, the British Empire and technically on lease to the United States, but nevertheless controlled by the U.S. Navy, and it can accommodate aircraft carriers and nuclear subs off its coast. So again, very, very valuable land here for a lot of reasons. It houses all types of bombers, including the stealth bomber, by the way. I've even seen clips of people uh, in the area filming a stealth bomber flying right over them in the ocean going towards this base. It's, it's pretty incredible, actually, to see. But this base is so secretive that unlike other offshore U.S. bases, as for example, uh, in Guam, no family or journalists are allowed on its grounds. So... It's highly restricted to only authorized U.S. personnel, Diego Garcia. One of the reasons some say that it is so secretive is because the U.S. military held terror suspects there after 9-11 and interrogated slash tortured them while they were there. But can it also be secretive for some other reasons, maybe more pertaining to, 
you know, reverse engineering technology or whatever it might be that we hear about at other U.S. bases here within the States. So what does all this have to do with MH370? Well, as you can tell, this place is in the middle of nowhere in the Indian Ocean and under heavy guard to keep its secrets hidden. But its location also raised some eyebrows when it came to theories surrounding the missing MH370 flight, considering its proximity to Malaysia and the flight pattern of MH370. Some started to consider that maybe the U.S. military had something to do with its disappearance when you started putting two and two together. But why would that be? Why would they bother with this? How would they do it? What is the deal with this? The Diego Garcia theories really began from a report from a, uh, a freelance reporter who says he received a text message from someone who is on the airplane claiming to be a prisoner on the island of Diego Garcia. Here's more about that. Now, according to a freelance journalist, claims to have received a photo. This journalist claims to have received a photo via text message from a passenger on MH370. Now, the passenger called himself Philip Wood, and data contained within the black iPhone photo contained GPS information which placed Wood at that time on the island. All right, so pretty interesting to say the least, I suppose, right? Now, I have seen a copy of that supposed text message. It's online, and I'll read you what it says. Um, In summary, it says, I have been held hostage by unknown military personnel after my flight was hijacked. I work for IBM and managed to hide my phone. I have been separated from the other passengers and have been put in a cell. My name is Philip Wood. Now, to be fair, many people have said that this text message was a clever hoax that was pulled off with the Diego Garcia coordinates included and all. But who really knows in the end? But that takes us to our next subject, who claims that this explanation is the true cause of the disappearance of MH370. A surprising subject, actually. Not someone I would expect personally to espouse theories on such a case. Nevertheless, though, a man named Dick Gregory did an interview in 2015 where he had this to say. First of all, I'll play you this, and then we'll talk about uh, Dick Gregory a little bit. But here's what he had to say. Everybody is stupid enough to believe that a plane almost a block long can just disappear. With the electronics we have, all the technology we have, the next generation of cars will come out. There'll be no driver. Now, to be fair, he was right about that. As far as, you know, driverless cars, you think about Teslas and things of that nature. That, again, this interview was done in 2015. Okay, so it's worth noting that's just a year after the disappearance of MH370. But that's a little intro to Dick Gregory, what he had to say about the matter. We're going to hear more from him in just a minute. But first, who is he? Well, Mr. Gregory passed away in 2017. But before that... He was an accomplished author, comedian, named in the top 100 comedians of the 20th century, actually. And he was a civil rights activist. So like I said, not someone you would expect on the surface of things to be involved with this type of discussion. That said, he felt strongly about this issue and was not afraid to give his views on it and on many other things as well, actually. According to Mr. Gregory, this all comes down to money and power, which doesn't it always. Can we really be surprised about that if that is the case? But he says that he was unaware, or that he was aware, actually, of four scientists who worked for Texas Instruments who were on Flight 370. And these four men had filed for a very valuable patent concerning a new type of technology. But the catch here is that there was a fifth entity involved in the filing of this supposed patent. Now, 
this is really interesting because this isn't something that I had personally heard a lot about until I started looking into more of these theories after the, you know, the portal video came out. And I started thinking, well, is there anything else out there? And then I come across this, this story about these four scientists who were supposedly on this flight and they held or were in the process of getting a patent uh, approved along with a fifth party, as I said. So here's a little bit more on that from Dick Gregory. It's pretty interesting. So we got four of those top scientists that had filed for patents worth $400 billion. So if one, two, three of us and your brother, four, we filed for patents, and then here's a friend of y'all's who's with us, so five of us filed for patents. If we die before the patent is granted, then your brother, who wasn't on the plane with us, he owns them all. So those four scientists and the fifth person was the Carlisle Group. They own them all now. The patent was granted three days after the plane was missing. It's an explosive claim. I mean, if that is true, that is unbelievable, really. So as they always say, when there's a question, you always follow the money. And in this case, that is what Mr. Gregory was alluding to when he brought up the Carlisle Group. So that kind of takes us down that rabbit hole. So let's explore who is or who are the Carlisle Group. Well, according to their LinkedIn profile, the Carlisle Group is a global investment firm with deep industry expertise that deploys private capital across three business segments. One, global private equity, two, global credit, and three, global investment solutions. According to their profile, they have a $385 billion worth of assets under management as of June 30th, 2023. So could it be that the U.S. military was really involved or even responsible for the disappearance of MH370, all to help the Carlisle Group gain control of this new patent and all of its assets? Again, remember what Mr. Gregory said. If they were really the fifth party in this patent and then it was you know, given a few days after the plane's disappearance, they're the only surviving members, so to speak, of the patent application, it all goes to them. Is it possible that the U.S. military intercepted the plane and made it land at Diego Garcia where they kept the passengers and those scientists out of the public eye? I don't know. But maybe the most important question in this moment is why would they do that? What was the big deal about this patent, right? We just keep hearing about this patent, this and that. What was it? Well, here's what Mr. Gregory says that was all about. Well, the patent was, you heard people talk about they're going to one day inject you and can control you. Well, these guys come up with something they don't have to inject you. They just put it in this room and you come in and you smell it. That's, that's what they were for. All right. So to clarify there, he is asserting that the patent that the Carlisle Group was given sole control over after the disappearance of MH370, that this patent was able to use the technology that would allow for some type of like, like an aerosol type of spray to be used on people in the air. You know, I guess, you know, we can say transmission through the air, use it on people without their knowledge in order to track them. You would essentially breathe in these little particles that are actually tiny trackers. So now basically saying, you know, forget about microchips having to be implanted. This, this would do the trick much easier. 
if you believe that to be true, of course. Now, it is worth mentioning in that same frame that there is something uh, that is called smart dust. It's referred to as smart dusting. These are actual like electromagnetic um, robots that are as big as a grain of sand that can be deployed in hostile environments to gain data. So it's not out of the realm of possibility. In fact, smart dust, according to what I saw, has only been around for about five or six years. MH370 went down in 2014. So if you're talking about a patent that needed to be filed and then the technology needs a few more years to catch up, it kind of does match up with the time frame of when this, you know, smart dust, as they call it, these tiny grain of sand sized robots that can be deployed in the air. I'm not saying, I'm just saying that is kind of the case if we're looking at all of the facts versus the theories. So again, you make of it what you will. But really in the end, when we sit down and look at everything that we spoke about, what are we to make of all of this today? Are we really to believe that the U.S. military aided in making MH370 disappear only to help obtain a new type of tracking technology? Or was that MH370 in the portal video? Was it that plane that we saw disappear? Just remember, I have been told that that video is real. It is real. That's what I've been told. I know I'm still trying to wrap my head around that. But it is not MH370. That is what I have been told. Perhaps in this case, could both stories be true? Could it be that whatever plane that was in the portal video got taken away and that MH370, if that wasn't that plane in the portal video, that it was, you know, redirected, hijacked, if you will, by the U.S. military and taken to Diego Garcia in order to, you know, obtain this technology of these these you know, aerosol tracking devices. Who knows? I mean, it all sounds so nuts. I will be the first one to say that. I'm always willing to say what sounds crazy, what sounds plausible. All of this today has sounded absolutely nuts. I will absolutely admit that. But at the same time, the questions are there. The video is out there. These these theories are out there. So that's what I always want to do is put it out there in front of you and look at everything and let you decide in the end or the reports are true and MH370 crashed and is lost at the bottom of the ocean somewhere. You can also subscribe to that theory if you like as well and consider that, of course. But remember, just because it sounds crazy, it doesn't mean that it isn't true. Maybe at this point we're more confused than ever. I don't know. But like I said, as always, in the end, just like we always do here on UAP, it really is up to you to decide what you think makes the most sense out of all of this because it is, uh, it's a tough nut to crack. That is absolutely true. That 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 part I know for sure. It is it is a tough one. But until next time, that will do it for today on this episode 73. Thank you so much as always for joining me on this wild roller coaster ride that we go on and listening to these stories. And of course, I will keep you updated on all things UAP and future uh, future episodes. Don't forget to download and subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts. It is everywhere. Um, you know, Spotify, Apple, Amazon, wherever you download your podcasts. You can follow the show on Twitter if you're not already. It's at UAPodcast850, at UAPodcast850 on Twitter, X, sorry, whatever you want, whatever you want to call it. Um, I do post updates on everything there and, you know, different things that are on my mind with all these subjects. You can reach out to me directly there. Um, tell me anything that's on your mind. I always try to get back to everybody as best I can. I'm also considering, this is something new that I'm thinking about doing, so if you want to take part in it, I'm considering holding a uh, Twitter Spaces conversation, X Spaces, whatever you again, whatever you want to call it, 
um, maybe sometime this week following this episode. So if you want to be a part of that and talk about all of this stuff that we spoke about here today uh, with me and the community there on X Twitter um, or just anything, you know, as far as discussions when it comes to this this uh, subject, it doesn't have to be just about this episode. You can feel free to check that out. I'll post updates on uh, Twitter X about that as well, you know, whether or not that spaces conversation is going to happen, but I would like to do it. So I'll, I'll keep you updated on it. Also, for those who do want to contact me and don't use social media, you can email the show at sdienerUAP at gmail.com. That's S-D-I-E-N-E-R-U-A-P at gmail.com. So on that note, thank you all again for everything. I can't overstate how much your support truly means to me. I know I say that a lot, but I mean it. So I always want to put that out there. So until next time, be well. I'll talk to you again soon. I look forward to it. Thanks very much.